0: hello everybody and welcome to the NHS 100k podcast with me Matt Taylor episode eight or nine I always get it wrong and I've been here for every single one so I, sh- I should start making a bit more of a mental note to, to work it out but they you know I'm having such a good time I'm not keeping count uh, today I've got Stephanie with me and Stephanie's going to tell you her story um, I'm trying to think I don't really want to say too much as I, as I say this all the time I don't want to say too much Um but uh, yeah, she's got a good story to tell and I'm looking forward to having a chat with her. So kicking over to you. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. How are you doing? Thank you, Matt.
1: Um, real pleasure to be on. I think it's great to be able to have some kind of sounding board um, for people like myself that keep getting shut down by uh, social media um, and also friends and some people that feel that I'm wearing a tin hat because I've... I'm that one person out of the whole uh, of the UK that has any uh, issues after the the vaccine. You know, those people that say, oh, you're that one person. Yeah. So it's really good to have that platform. So thank you for doing this. And I know that you do it all in your own time as well. So it's
0: great to be part of something like this. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll send you the invoice in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then you can still see if you're happy with the service after you see the price of my, uh, my yeah. hourly fee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's quite funny you should say that because was when when you gave me all your um, social media details, your Instagram, it came up with a uh, warning. This is a, a, an unaffiliated page. Do you want to continue? And I was, I've never had that before. Just trying to get into in- Instagram. So uh, Big Brother is blatantly watching you. Um, yeah. So, So, you know, no pressure or anything. But, Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on today. And um, I, I do appreciate your time as well. So basically here, I'm going to kick it to you. Tell yep. me your story from start to finish. please. Finish.
1: No problem. So it, it started, um, I would say, if I really go right to the beginning, it would have been February last year when I was um, we were coming out of not seeing doctors very much and I was under a consultant a new consultant in my um, dermatologist and because of COVID every time I've gone to a a dermatologist they've always said to me let's do bloods let's have a look at your inflammation markers let's see where we are Um, and I think because I was seeing them privately through my work healthcare, I thought actually I might miss a step go to the GP get a blood test and take it with me They kindly at the the GP surgery did one, even though they knew it was for my dermatologist. And my blood levels were perfect. So my platelets were, I think, sat around about two eighty. Nothing wrong with my liver. Nothing wrong with anything. Even my inflammation through my psoriasis hadn't been out of control. Was quite a nice level. So I was going along with quite nice bloods, normal. Run of the mill, nothing to worry about. I had the vaccine on the 19th of March and I had the AstraZeneca. Um, It was two days actually after they, after the government announced that um, my age bracket could have. So I would have been 52. So anybody over 50. <laughs> yeah. um could go along and have the vaccine even without any underlying issues or anything and I point out I had no underlying um medical issues I'd had a hysterectomy when I was 39 and I was on HRT and took one pill a day for the last 13 years active healthy um, I had a very active work life um you know I used to travel I was traveling more than I was in the UK I was in China Japan um, Brazil North America um, I'd fly come home and then two days later fly somewhere into another time zone so I was always on the go all of the time um and went along had my vaccine because I thought well actually everybody's talking about protecting even though both my parents are not here and I don't have any elderly relatives I thought you know I don't I don't want to be responsible for giving COVID to somebody else that may be vulnerable may have health issues that I know nothing about and you know I felt like I needed to do my part so I go along to Newbury Racecourse because they were very quick in releasing the um, slots. And I have to be honest, watching my friends at that weekend all putting, oh, I feel so ill, I've got a bad arm, I've got a cough and I've got a cold and I was giggling to myself thinking, actually, I feel quite okay. I'm feeling brilliant. Um, And I did generally feel like I hadn't had the vaccine until seven days after the vaccine, when I suddenly started coming out in bruises, Um, and I mean, huge, big, purple bruises all over my body. Um, I got a black eye out of nowhere. I had them at my hands. I had them down my legs. And then I started with nosebleeds um, and then went on over a couple of weeks, getting more nauseous and really struggling to eat any any type of food. Every smell was making me feel sick and the thought of food was making me sick. And then came... Um, what I would say I've never had it before it was like a wave of pure exhaustion I'd be in the middle of doing something and I think I can't I can't pick that up or I can't do that or I have to go for a nap for two hours which was so unlike me started losing strength in my wrists um and generally felt pretty rough and weak and sick I have to be honest, at that point, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I've been quite busy. I'm tired. You know, I hadn't had we hadn't had a holiday, any of us from COVID. So you start to think oh, it, it's, it's got to be that. Um, my daughter and son-in-law had moved house and it was actually them that said to me, if you don't get a doctor's appointment, we're taking you to a and e Because they saw the biggest difference in me. They saw the decline. The fact that, you know, they lived in a, a house, three-story house, I'd be able to run up those stairs. I'd get up to four steps and I couldn't breathe. Um, you know, everything was such an effort I couldn't eat. So on the bank holiday, the first bank holiday of May last year, I, um, on the Tuesday, contacted our GP and said, um, i really do need to see somebody i really don't feel very well i'm getting these constant nosebleeds um and i'm a little worried at which point she said well we can't see you for three to four weeks we don't have any appointments um and actually there's no point seeing you unless you've had a blood test and i can see what the bloods are um so she gave me an appointment. I think it was for 11, exactly 11 days after I rang, I had an appointment for my bloods. And in that 11 days, I went off sick from work because I just, um, you know, I was on Zoom calls and I couldn't concentrate. It was almost like I had this brain fog that I, I just people would be talking to me and I'd be looking at them thinking, I don't know what you just said.
0: That's what you um, ever don't
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i don't know what you just said or i don't know what you mean or i'd be talking you know there's a, i was talking about a wheelchair and i couldn't remember the word and i was saying you know that thing that you push people on with wheels um and it started <laughs> to progress steadily worse that it was it was like i was 5 years old that you would te- reteaching me words So eventually, um, 10am on the the day I went for my blood test, um, normal day, went for my blood test, I'd got to the point that I was hardly eating anything, Um, and I have to be honest, I'm most probably one of the only people that have nearly died and come out of hospital fatter than I went in, and I think that's really unfair, but hey-ho. And um, I went for my blood test, and at 6pm that night, I had a call from... The doctor surgery saying that my local hospital had contacted her to say I needed to go immediately in because my platelets were sat at 35 um, and um, where she'd said I'd been unwell they wanted to have a look at me and see what was going on so I gone into our local hospital was there for two days um, where they just kept sort of saying well you really need to see haematology and you really need to see have a ct but actually we can't fit you in for ct scan for 10 days and haematology are too busy so you might as well just go home um, and we'll give you some tablets and if you start bleeding take a tablet and ring 999 um as you can imagine my daughter was very much well i just don't think this is right uh, but i was very much well it's a weekend i'm gonna sit in hospital you don't see a consultant on a weekend anyway and if they think that i'm capable of going home and i'm not ill enough then that's okay she's and so then doctor come back after my daughter sort of kicked off and said we'll we'll just do a ultrasound just to make sure there's no initial bleeds or anything in your tummy or or anywhere Um, and if that looks okay you can go home so whilst I was down there the scanning lady said actually your spleen looks normal and that's what makes your platelets I mean I to be fair I knew nothing about platelets and um, any sort of medical term when it comes to your bloods really I hadn't had a, a reason to um she said but your liver looks a little bit odd um she said have you been having pain in your liver at all and I said oh, I'm in pain in that general area which is but I, I thought it was the spleen because of the plate she said mm, I think your liver looks a bit out so when I got back upstairs and saw the doctor, I said, it was that you know, the lady downstairs said that my liver looked a little bit odd. She looked and she went, no, it's fine. You can go home. Um, so off I go. So this is a Friday night and um, I landed up spending all weekend in bed feeling really rough. Again, still not eating, not being able to keep any food down. Nosebleed after nosebleed after nosebleed. Gums started to bleed. Um, my eyes were sore. I, I just generally felt really unwell. Um, took the week off work and thought I'll just rest and see if, you know, by the following week I felt any better. Um, Friday night of the following week, I about 2 a.m i was sat watching a film and i had the most horrendous horrific pain um under my sort of in my rib cage in the upper quadrant on my right hand side um and again i think you you just think oh i'll take some painkillers and it will go um and I I, I think I knew where my liver was at this point, but I still didn't put the connection that there was, that was where my liver was. And obviously there was something going wrong. Um, so I waited until 5pm Saturday afternoon. I'd had a bath, still the pain was horrific, it was uh, by this stage being sick, so... Um, An ambulance was called and the paramedics came out and um, still at which stage I just said, oh, give me some strong painkillers. I'll go to bed. I'm sure I'll be fine. And they're like, I think you're a little bit past that. We're going to be taking you in. They were they were absolutely brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Took me into our local hospital where i spent half the night in A&E where to be fair they they did manage to get my pain under control <coughs> and surprise surprise they also did a ct scan straight away um so I had my ct yeah ct scan and then they transferred me into the ward that i think is just a ward that's waiting for a bed to go you know where you wait you then get put on the correct ward and i landed up staying there for four days because i don't think they knew what to do with me they kept saying i think we're going to send you home um I I mean at one stage the porter came to get me for a scan and he went back out to the nurse and said I can't take her like that she's climbing up the bed because it it was so painful and I was crying all the time you know it was so painful you you couldn't have visitors because of Covid so you, you know you're scared out of your wits nobody's telling you what they think is wrong um and all this time my platelets are tanking as as well which makes you feel quite poorly after four days they said oh you can go home this evening i then another consultant arrives at my bedside and we he she's asking me a a history and everything else and said um actually we're going to transfer you to the liver unit we think it's your liver um so I spent nine days up on the liver unit where I had scan after scan test pain relief um and the the doctors I have to say the consultants were brilliant in in the liver unit but again I think at that point they didn't really know they knew something was wrong they couldn't put their finger on what and then one of the consultants at Swindon, apparently said, um, I think she may have but Chiari, which is a a liver, a very rare liver syndrome, it's um, one in a million worldwide, but one in a million in Asia, but one in two and a half million in Europe. So they don't see it very often. Um, you know you are quite a rarity but basically what it is is um, you get web kind of um, blood clots in your liver so that with the platelets Um, and because my hospital is a generalist hospital they had to look at a, a specialist hospital to be able to take me I still don't think I realized at this point how serious things were um, until I had about 10 doctors in my room, including haematologists, that decided to grace me with their presence that day. Um, And the consultants who then said I would be being transferred to Birmingham. Queen Elizabeth Hospital, uh, which is two hours from where I live. Um, And whilst I was in the local hospital in Swindon, they would be taking over my care. So they were calling the shots. So immediately I was put on 80 milligrams of um, steroids. And I was given a number of different transfusions over a period of three days. Then on the Sunday, I got transferred up to Birmingham. Um, and as I was leaving, the one consultant, a blessing, came and held my hand and said, I think you're my one in a million. I'm so excited. I, I, I have to be honest. I was a little bit like, I'm not. And I wish no, I wasn't. Yeah, hey-ho. Thanks for catching it, though. Um, so off I go by, again, by ambulance. I'm transferred up to Birmingham. Um and we're in the middle of covid so it's a, again a closed hospital you can't have visitors um i go under uh, I, I had so many ultrasounds so many ct scans some mris um and then they decided to do a jugular vein venogram um, which I have to say, when I said to the, the doctor, said to me, would you like some um, sedation? I th- In my head, I was thinking, well, if he's asking me that, it can't be that bad. So I said, what does most people do? He said, well, it's quicker to get over if you don't. So I didn't. And my God, did I wish I did? Because I could feel everything, everything. Um, and laying there for an hour, having to have your head in that same place was just horrific. At that point, they wanted to try and do a liver biopsy at the same time, but they couldn't get the wire through my through to get the biopsy. and my pressures were too high as well um, when they did the venogram. Um, so, they didn't want to obviously force it and make things worse. So I went back to the board um, where they then decided I would need to have a old fashioned liver biopsy, which is where you've just got the needle that goes straight into your tummy, straight down into your liver and they pinch a piece and off it goes. Now they do give you local anaesthetic. Oh, that's nice. But yeah. <laughs> and actually, the actual procedure didn't take that long. You know, you're, you're down, you're in and out within most probably 25 minutes. You're wide awake. You know what's going on. They explain everything to you. You have a wonderful nurse that sits and holds your hand with you. So you've always got somebody with you. Um, when we came out of there, my nurse from the ward said, how did I feel? And I said, there's something wrong. I don't know what's wrong but there's something wrong um they take me back up to the ward a group of consultants come and have a few presses that literally take me through the the roof and said actually let's get back down to CT and have a look what's going on um and I had a liver bleed So when I went back up to the ward, I have to be honest, Matt, I can't remember much about that day. That was about two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I had ICU doctors, I had the critical care team. Mm. My daughter had been phoned to be told that they didn't know if I'd make the night. Um, And they were taking me into surgery to try and get the, the bleed under control. I remember waking up a few times through that day, um, but it's it's a haze. Um, I remember eight o'clock that night, because I still hadn't been moved, because I hadn't been stable enough to move by eight o'clock at night, um, them saying, I'm an ICU doctor, we're just waiting for the consultant, we're going downstairs, What? it's one floor down, but the consultant wouldn't allow them to move me unless he was in the lift with me even at that point I still didn't have a clue how serious things were um, and then next morning is when all the consultants come back in and said that they would have been less they were less they would have been less surprised to have a call to say I died on the table than how surprised they were that I was still there the next day, which is, you know, is a frightening thought when I look back and think, you know, your, your life really does flash in front of your eyes when people say that you get exhausted. You do. I remember getting to a point that day thinking, oh, just just let me die. I, I've got no fight left in me. Just go away and leave me to it. And then you find something that makes you fight. Um, and you know, mine is definitely my daughter, my partner, my family that was very much in my mind to come on, and get yourself to grips here. The other issue they had with me is my body really rejects um heart, anything why I'd say is hard drugs. So more I can't, I'm not morphine for instance um everything that they were putting in i was vomiting straight back up so i wasn't even getting any pain relief um and that was quite difficult for them i think to try and stabilize me because they couldn't really knock me out because nothing was knocking me out until they could do it properly as such so um they then got the biopsy results that came back with bud Chiari, and it's um most people have bud Chiari in their large blood vessels in their liver. There's three of us in the u k me including that have them in our small blood vessels, so we are even rarer than the rare form. Um, i then was scheduled for uh, i had a conversation with the consultants who said that i was a candidate for a stent but if that didn't work then i would go on the liver transplant list and that was my my two options if they did nothing i would die so those were the three options they gave me um And I think anything to do with your liver, I have never been a huge drinker. You know, I'm not saying when I used to go out on a Saturday night with a bunch of friends, socially, we wouldn't drink as we did. I've never been a home drinker. But you find yourself, even with a consultant, say, well, I don't drink. No, I'm I'm not an alcoholic. Just because it's your liver, everybody looks at you slightly different. Um. So they decided that they were going to do the stent um, which basically bypasses that proportion of your liver and the stent goes straight up into your, it's your main vein into your heart basically that it pumps into. Um, My platelets at this point are sat at eight So they were still tanking. So before any procedure, I was having to have platelet uh, transfusions and blood transfusions. But actually the the stent has been or or was put in and was successful. I had to stay another 10 days after the stent and then I was released home. Um, So I spent... In total, about eight weeks in hospital between the two, Swindon and Birmingham. Um, I see my consultant every six months where I have a scan and a clinic. And then once a year, I have to have a venogram, a jugular vein venogram to make sure the stent isn't blocked. I'm on Warfarin permanently for the rest of my life now. Um, I've become diabetic, and I wasn't a diabetic before this, um, and I also suffer with um, a really racing heartbeat, so I'm on a beta blocker to try and stop my heart racing, as if they, they described it, that it's almost like running a marathon all of the time and not actually going anywhere. Um, so I'm on a beta blocker for that. So I'm taking about 12 tablets a day now. Um I got took back into hospital last December, where I was quite poorly, where this, the stent seems to be working, but it's the it's the other bits around it. It's the feeling of being tired, the bleeding, the warfarin going out of control. You only have to have um you only have to feel unwell or do something slightly different. And the warfarin goes mad and it seems to knock me for sick. So I spent a week in hospital in December. And I then got COVID in April and um, I had a bit of a bleed. So I was vomiting blood for um, three days and was taken into hospital for another week in April. And since April, I've been signed off work and I've been signed off for six months. Um, So it's not just a mixture of the liver. The liver causes me pain. You know, I can be doing something and I get that pain. I still get breathless. Um, I still get that fatigue that I literally have to go to bed there's nothing i can do i just have to go lay down and go to bed i am getting um all i can describe them and i, I apologize to to any grandmas um i'm going to be a grandma one day but grandma feet you know they're they're huge and apparently that's because my consultant said it's because the stent is pushing the blood flow through the top half of my body quite quickly because there's obviously a, a stent in there and it's pushing it up but it's taking a lot longer for the blood f- flow to get to my bottom half and apparently that causes um fat feet swollen feet swollen calves i don't think i mean when i go on my group nearly everybody is suffering with that and haven't had the stents some of them have had transplants you know it's been a mixture um i'm getting terrible terrible bone pain um and actually on both my groups of the vaccine related and bud group a lot of people talk about bone pain and muscle pain so whether it's vaccine-related rather than liver-related. Yeah. And and this is a problem nobody will sort of... Nobody can say 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of other things going on that ha- are having a huge impact in my daily life that I didn't have before I had a vaccine. And nobody... That my local hospital, funny enough, when I went in with the symptoms and haematology and consultants, all looked at my previous bloods, all looked at the bloods that they took with the platelet situation, and they call them, um, my liver tests were deranged. That's yeah. what the yeah. word is. Um, all said, this has got to be vaccine-related. You were perfectly normal a week before. On these bloods, it's got to be vaccine related. Birmingham, however, they use words very carefully, like unlikely, no clear evidence. Now, I always push back, and they know my view because I've been very vocal about my view of that's fine, but I can say the same thing. There's no clear evidence that it's not the vaccine either. You know. There is no clear evidence. You say unlikely, I say it's likely. I am two different people. You know, before last March, I was a very different person to what I am today. Um, I have a critical illness cover with work that have said they won't pay out because uh, because. But Chiari is not in their policy because it's too rare. And I don't come under liver failure because the term for liver failure, you have to have jaundice, which I do, even though I'm not yellow. I always have uh, my jaundice levels are always slightly high. So I always have jaundice. So I, I, I do get that but there's something called, and you'll know this better than me, a where your tummy, you carry so much fluid, your tummy looks like you're about three years pregnant. And um, the third one you have to have permanently, and there's a really posh word for it, a medical term rather, um, where it's your brain is being affected by the toxins that your liver is not kicking out oh, i get wow. that occasionally so i don't have it all the time so to to get my critical illness that i've paid for for the last 10 years i have to have all those three things and i don't so they won't pay out um so it's, you're in, you're between a, a place now where I'm not well enough to go to work. And I have to be honest, work have been amazing. They have supported me. They have been absolutely amazing and allowed me to take the time off. And we, we do have an insurance that they've now put me on that allows me to be off work with um, a lot less pressure um obviously I don't earn the salary I was earning um but at least it's giving me the option to try and get some recovery time in but I've had to wait sort of 26 weeks to be able to get that because it's a um a period of time that you have to be poorly for before that insurance kicks in so it's not just the illness i would say it's it's the illness it's the financial it's the work but it's also the piece of what you were to what you are now and are you ever going to get that back you know i i don't want to live like this for the rest of my life that so i'm too breathless to walk to the shop um you know, I don't want to be that person that, you know, I had tickets to see Ed Sheeran and I landed up selling last week because I thought it's not a chance.
0: He's rubbish anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Ed
0: Sheeran. I've seen him in real life, i will seen him live. He's rubbish. rubbish. Really? <laughs> He's but, be you know, now.
1: Yeah, you know, there's not a chance I could have done that all day. I, I just couldn't physically have gone to Wembley queued with 80,000 people got up to our seats which were high and spent the whole day you know if i go to a barbecue i'm there for 2 hours i'm home in bed you know it's it's all of that combined so not only are you dealing with those emotions and how much you've changed and how your life has changed you can also look at the positives you know my daughter got engaged I'm moving in with my partner who is amazing and I don't know how he puts up with me and I don't know how he wants to put up with this medical stuff that's going on. For some reason, he loves me enough that he wants to. So there's some really good positives, but there's so much more to just, oh, you're ill. The other big part about that is you've got the government and every everybody else saying you don't exist oh you don't matter you know you've saved the lives of millions of people um because we had to get roll it out and if you're real that's fine it doesn't matter and you can see it in people's faces when they say well I suppose there had to be a few of you that were unwell to save the rest of us oh well thanks for that you know I'm sure my daughter really appreciates what she went through last year um so i think you know the the, the diabetes for instance that, that i found really difficult um having to take pills for that and and that was induced by the steroids um you know it, it's it's such a big mixture um And I don't know if I'll ever be capable of doing the job that I did before. If I had to look at it today, I would say no. Yeah, there's not a chance I think I could travel the world like I did and do such a pressurized, full on, seven day a week job. Um, I'd love to hope that one day I'll get back there. And I'm trying to be positive enough to think that I will. But I I just don't know. And I think nobody, apart from the likes of you, I've got a a group of friends that haven't been vaccinated that are very much, we're not going to be, and they will not touch our children. Um, And, you know, they go to the rallies and the protests. That group are are behind me. and, And then you've got the group, like I said, that you just don't exist for them and there's nowhere for you to go. There's nowhere, you know, you go on social media to just say, this is happening, and you're closed down all the time. You know.
0: So <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. But so has it been officially diagnosed as a as a, 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 a vaccine-induced injury on your no. records yet or not? No no no
1: and wow. I'm being pressured into having because I've only had one vaccine and my consultant keeps saying to me I know that you feel that it was the vaccine that did this but I do think you should have the second vaccine we don't have to give you ANZ and that which I have to be honest I responded well that's lucky because it doesn't seem like they're giving anybody ANZ anymore sure. um, and he just looks at me because I think he he's, uh, understands where I'm coming from and I, I he said but COVID could kill you and I said and so could the vaccine I'll take my chance and, and that's where I stand you know I think I've got I think I've fallen into the trap of professionals that are never going to say it's vaccine related until something comes out in five years time. No, it'll be sooner than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There seems to be a two year lead time. And I I was speaking to um, red pill pharmacist, Graham the other day about this. Um, And he, and we, we kind of, I've been battering it around for a bit, but we seem to think there's about a two year lead time on, on certain things. So we're two years into the jab and now we're just starting to accept the fact that people have had injuries. They've obviously paid out some of the compensation to certain people. Yeah. So it's been spoken about, but they're solely, solely, solely trying to push more of it onto the AstraZeneca and their debt, their get out clauses. Obviously we're not giving that anymore. Um, So that's them just kind of brushing it under the carpet. Um, you
1: know what what is the answer then if they're not giving it why are they not giving the a and z if it's that safe and we haven't been impacted by a and z why is it not being wildly you know used here because it's not i I don't know anybody that's had it as a booster um, or even actually i only know a handful of people that had it as a second jab
0: they stopped it. I think they stopped it pretty much everywhere, really, because of because of that, they, they weren't going to say it was that. But pretty much everybody I know that's had a, a, a serious reaction to it has has had an AstraZeneca um, yeah. jab. But it's um, w- more people need to be asking the questions that you're asking. And that's the problem. It's only going to be the the vaccine injured that are going to be asking those questions. And, and then they're just going to want you guys to be quiet because they don't yeah. want to create any, any more. Any vaccine hesitancy. Yeah, um and this is why in 2 years time i i i, I it, it really really boils my piss to be honest with you yeah, people yeah. like yourself because i feel so bad for you guys and not in a you know um obviously sympathetic but not in a uh, um
1: not you know, a pity sorry though. for you
0: that kind of you know i'm i've I'm, I'm, angry for you because you're the second or third person i've spoken to that's not been a conspiracy person you know and i don't even like having to say that I should never yeah. have to start a conversation with i'm not a conspiracy theorist but but you're the second or third person I've spoken to that's been injured, who who, who who's volunteered to take the jab for the greater good. Um, and this is how you've been repaid. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that it's still not been put down as an injury, there's going to be thousands of people like yourself. Um, <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I mean, I, as I said to you before, I'm on a group. It's a worldwide group of people that have had some, um, you know, something has happened. Um, I don't think I've come across anybody that had symptoms that are now normal I mean it, it, for me as well we've got athletes that have died young people that are dying why you know you, you do get the occasional well why are they dying oh well it, it's um, you know it, it's natural, natural. Well, I don't think it is for a 25 year old to die you know that's not natural. Um, it we're just generally being closed down all of the time, and and none of the I, I just I, it amazes me because if this was any other type of vaccine, you know, I read in the 60s when they had the it was at the mine yeah. you know, it was it was shut down immediately when they realized that there was some kind of problem. Um I don't know. I don't
0: know what the answer is. Well this is the this is the thing they, they want you to feel like there's no answer. Yeah. Because then they don't they, they they don't want you to to do anything about it. But what they don't appreciate is their strength in numbers. So the more yeah. people that come together and unite and uh connect with each other, you know, they could maybe we can get to the point where we've got thousands of people we could do an open letter, we can do a video montage or anything and you know, yeah. they can't ignore um well they can't yeah they can try, but, but you know, it's cause at the moment, it's like <clears throat> the general public are blissfully unaware and they cho- they're choosing to be blissfully unaware of what's going on because they just want things to go back to normal yeah. as best they can. But there's a large percentage of the population that have done the greater good or done the right thing that now uh, have had effects from that. And I guarantee there'll be people um, like yourself that won't feel right. Uh, but they won't want to put the, t- the two together or they do, but they're too afraid to say anything because yeah. of the way they'll get treated. So we- we're still not getting a true account of how many people have been, you know, suffering. No, I mean,
1: um, you, like they said to you as well, my daughter, who's 26, you know, she had the vaccine and within three days had shingles. Mm, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you can't tell me that these instances are not related um, it's a bit like I said about my bloods, ANZ, platelets, blood clots.
0: And this is the thing, if it was something Hello? different. Yeah, yeah, well this is it, isn't it? If it was something different, um, my um, there's someone I know that they had a burst blood vessel in their eye, um, they, they took the AstraZeneca, they, 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 they're still suffering with chronic fatigue, headaches, really unwell, yeah. lingering coughs, you know, and. You, you, you want to turn around and say, Well, what could it be? Um, <laughs> and and from, from, a, from a clinical background, and I was going to ask you this as well. When you were going, because obviously you told me you, you spent about eight weeks in hospital, but to get to that point, it was about four and a half, nearly five weeks before you actually went into hospital yeah. and they started treating you properly. So perhaps, and this is the annoying thing, perhaps if someone had mentioned the word vax induced injury prior, they may have been a little bit more hot. getting things sorted out and may or may not have you know prevented the um the liver damage yeah but so did anyone so you said that you're so so that all the people in in your local hospital they were all like yeah this is this is looking like a vaccine they were all
1: saying because because obviously they had a copy of my last because it's our local hospital my blood work goes to them they had a copy of my last blood test and it was all normal and then when I got admitted and they did the bloods, everything was off the scales. Um, wow. you know, my, as I said, my platelets in three weeks had dropped from two either 270 or 290 down to 35. That's not normal.
0: And the only thing that happened in those three weeks was the AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca
1: jam. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: and this is the annoying thing. So, from a clinician's perspective, you would say. Have you been anywhere in the last 3 weeks? Have you been any travelling? Have you done anything? Have you started any new medications? Have you changed your diet? You know, all those yeah. things that that would potentially trigger something in a normally fit and well person. No one seems to be asking these questions and this is this is why or well, this is why I've left because yeah. I'm sick of, of 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 it's like this elephant if this elephant gets any bigger oh, they're going no. to be like this in the room aren't they squashing around yeah. the I, mean, I can't I can't move anymore with this elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah.
1: Um, it's like if I can see it why can't why can't you see it you know I'm looking at it straight in its eye and I exactly what you said I did nothing differently my normal life perfectly healthy doing everything I normally do and actually I hadn't traveled and I normally did travel because we were in the middle of COVID so I wasn't even traveling so I was working from home um and you know by the time I'd got into hospital I was yellow you know when I look back now and I'm not a clinician I remember everybody saying to me oh you look like you've got a tan in February <laughs> okay. uh, in, in March I mean I was like oh, do I?
0: telltale I signs thinking... <laughs> yeah. you the know thing, the thing with the, the Q because I used to I was based in the West Midlands so QE was mild stomping ground and it's a brilliant hospital from a foot from, yeah. from from for many aspects but i'm not surprised they were the way they were with you as well um because they're a bit of a flagship hospital as well they treat a lot of the military people there as yeah. well um and they, obviously they've got the women's uh and, and everything in there as well so i'm not surprised you were met with that um because there's so many god complexes and massive egos in that hospital uh, and others that I, i'm just not surprised you were shot down the thing that the thing that's frustrating me, so when this, so this is March 2020. Yeah. Right, um, so. March 2020 21? or March 2021?
1: 21, it was last March. You
0: know, the last two years have all just blurred into one year. It would have been 21, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what planet I'm on anymore. I do <laughs> know what's going on. But okay, but what we, what we can safely say that it was before as much information was coming out that there was in, uh, people suffering with with um, symptoms yeah. uh, or, or or at least, you know, that it wasn't being given as much airtime as it should have done because something happened to stop them uh, giving the AstraZeneca and I think they banned it in Denmark, Norway, you know, they banned it in loads yeah. of other places first in Europe for the under fifties. And then I think it went down to under thirties and then it just slowly stop. faded away into nothing. And no one really talks about it anymore. No. Um, you know, you know, it's like, shh. so, but, the thing that I still I find frustrating now and, and is the the people are still not being given any advice. Clinicians are still not being given any advice on what to look out for if, in case it, it could be a vaccine injury. Um, and that's the frightening thing, because normally, I mean, we've been told there's monkeypox. Right. Even though there's been you know a few yeah. cases or whatever. <gasps> monkeypox. Uh, we've had, you know, at least 2000 people die in England from the jab alone, and there's been no guidance, no guidance, no flow charts on what to look for, what protocols to do. Um, and that, that surprises me because that's what we're all about. You mm-hmm. know, it's usually, if you, if you suspect somebody coming in with COVID, you do blood chest X-ray, look for D-dimers, you know, symptomatic, and you'd put the whole picture together and, and do it that, but we're not doing that when it comes to anything to do with the jab. We just go, Oh no, it's not that. And you're like, well, if you know, it's not that, then what have you done? to prove that it's not that because you need you need to do something so you know you if you do a test to confirm or deny your suspicions and we're not doing that either um I I don't know what's going on well I I do know what's going on um but I don't I don't I I don't know how these people can look at themselves in the mirror Uh, especially now at the beginning perhaps maybe because they may have endorsed it and they there might be a little bit of buyer's regret and they might feel really bad that they may have you know encouraged people to potentially die or Have an injury, so they're not going to shout about the fact that they were endorsing it. But now, when it's blatantly obvious that there are people having reactions to it, and they're still just ignoring it, and uh, and...
1: I think people are scared. I mean, I'll be open and honest with you. I was talking to a friend and said I was doing this podcast, and she said, "Oh no, what if work see it and they fire you, I'm like, why would they fire me for doing a podcast on my own health with my own views of I was normal, perfectly healthy before I had a vaccine, then I wasn't. Um, Why would they fire me? So I think there's pizza, you know, it's being the media, the messaging, is don't talk about it because there'll be trouble if you do. So just don't talk about it, Um, you know. And that for me is wrong. I, you know, if, if I was to take a vaccine, Well, I've never taken a vaccine again, whatever, never, ever, ever. Um, But if I, all I'm asking, I think for me, it's not even the financial side, even though, to be fair, with not working, that would be something that I would never say no to. For me, it's about coming clean and saying to the British public, these are the symptoms that people are suffering from. This is the amount of the population that's been impacted by a serious injury, and you know we want to say thank you. We want to say sorry. We want whatever, but just acknowledge that I exist.
0: We're being Ignor- very about it, aren't we? We're just yeah. ignoring it, like, like British people do. Yeah. If we don't talk about it or look at it, it's yeah. going yeah, uh, you know, and, and that's classic, classic British mentality. Yeah. yeah but you're right about the fear i mean because <laughs> this is this is why when i was speaking out initially at the beginning with things a lot of my colleagues were like you're not worried about losing your job i said what, for telling mm-hmm. the truth yeah. uh, and i got suspended for spreading misinformation but when i said well what misinformation did i spread they couldn't tell me and i was like well how can you suspend me for spreading misinformation if when you don't, you don't know, know what, what, it what i said exactly and and but then that's when i realized i was well and truly in this shit yeah, show you're like,
1: yeah. losing the battle totally
0: yeah yeah 100 percent. but the fact that your friend was like oh no you know and she's worried for you it yeah. makes you wonder how scared are the general public what do they think the government are going to do if they talk about this sort of stuff you know do they really think they're going to get taken away and
1: well, nothing's going to stop me talking about it anyway Good. It, you know for for me this is about me this is about what I hold dearly. I was, as I keep going back to, that's the person I was. This is the person I am now. You couldn't get two different people. And that is not right. And that needs to be acknowledged. And as I said, you know, you look at my local hospitals that all look at your one bloods and go, oh, it's got to be. You go to your specialist hospital, that are saying, oh no, have to have the second jab. You know, I've, I've asked for a medical exemption. And was told, oh, no, you know, if you get COVID, you could die. Well, I've had COVID now. I had COVID in April and I didn't die. Um, And actually, COVID didn't impact me in April. It was my warfarin that impacted me in April. Um, And the other thing that someone asked me is, did I think that I had bad chiari all the time and then the vaccine just made it come out? Well, I don't know. I can't answer that. But my view is I could have died in 40 years at the age of 90, never being ill, it never coming out, and had a happy, normal, healthy life. So, again, you know, I think it's irrelevant whether it was there, might never have might never have come out you know lots of people when they you know die i'm sure have got lots of things wrong with them that they never knew they had um i'm sure that they do look at people like me and go well bud kiari you know vaccine can't bring can't give you bud kiari it's so rare but actually the other thing i'd say is i've seen more people um, join our Bud Chiari group in the last six months than in the whole of last year.
0: And and I've lots of my colleagues have been witnessing rare conditions in AE and things yeah. as well. The the type of stuff, a friend of mine explained it basically said the type of stuff you'd write a journal or a paper on because it's so rare, it's not often it comes in. He says now he's starting to see them, you know, whereas yeah. maybe once every few years, seeing them a few times a month. Absolutely. And usually in the under 50s. Yeah. Uh, and I've
1: actually, been- my local hospital, when I was in with COVID, the liver team came down to see me and said exactly the same, that they are seeing more people with liver conditions. Um, you know, I've got friends of friends that are sending me their links to say they have rushed into hospital had a liver issue. Um, you know, when ANZ first came out and they were talking about the, the impact, it was a lot around... Um, blood clots to the brain or to the heart the liver wasn't really a big part of it but actually I'm hearing a lot more about the liver now playing a part.
0: well your liver is responsible obviously for a for lot for filtering your blood so if your platelets are that low it's going to struggle to filter your blood and if it yeah. is it will be getting bunged up with all these micro clots yeah uh, a bit like the coffee strainer you know it'll yeah. get popped up eventually because and that's what's causing the chronic fatigue uh, and then eventually liver will just pack up and not be able to work properly. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, so it makes sense because they've done it in a very clever way. Well, whether they did it on purpose or not, we don't know. But it's so easy to attribute it to like what you said. It could have been there already and it's just decided yeah. to flare up or it could have been vaccine induced. And, and that's the annoying thing because it's like unless you've died, lost a leg or you're completely over 60 percent uh, debilitated from from the job, then it's definitely not the job. Uh, yeah. And that's 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 horrendous because now there could be thousands and millions of people over the next three to five years and us tinfoil hat folk, they, they've they've said, potentially certain doctors have said, you know, within the next three to five years, we're going to be seeing a lot of deaths. We're already seeing excess deaths mm-hmm. um, in, 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 and they've already published um, papers and articles on it saying it's not from COVID, um, which I don't know whether they wanted that to be a happy thing, but but the first thing everyone's going, well, what is it then? Um, and the fact that people, are, I, I don't know, because I mean, I've spoke to my wife about this. My, my wife's on board with me. She's not taking the jab or anything else. But she she said to me the other day, um, she's a bit of a stress head, not in a bad way. But she said, I cannot imagine how I would be feeling if I'd have taken the jabs and all this stuff was coming out that I may or may not have a ticking time bomb inside me. She says I, yeah. that stress would be so unbearable.
1: Yeah, and it is. It's it's not like I said. It's not just the liver thing for me. It's you know, diabetes. Then this tachycardia thing. I, it seems like I'm always waiting for what's what's next. Or am I going to have to take a pill for next? Then, um, you know, what's going to happen next? Is it you know? Nobody will say really truthfully about the life limiting. You know, yeah, I've got a stent in my liver. Does that mean I'll live as long? or is my life now shortened you ask those questions and it's like well you know we don't need to talk about that well actually yeah we do um yes please you know I'm very pragmatic just give me the facts I'll make up my own decision I'll do what I need um but I keep you know if I hadn't have had those blood tests for the dermatologist Mm. I I know I still would have linked it But in my mind, they are that that gold nugget.
0: Yeah, it's a bit more concrete, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, Yeah. that gold nugget. There
1: was nothing wrong with me when I had that before I had the vaccine. My bloods were perfect. You know, middle of the range for everything. My B12, you know, my folate, everything was normal. And then everything just tanked.
0: Have you been involved? Has there been any other doctors reaching out to you to help or anything like that you in your group or
1: anything? No, no. I, um, I mean, the dermatologist in in Swindon did say, you know, if I need anything to to contact him. Um, but to be fair, he did ring me when I first came out of hospital and I, I wasn't well enough to come out, really. Um, and I had a bit of brain fog, so I have no idea even what his name was. Yeah, but he did ring me. For, we were on the phone for about an hour, and then funny enough, when I had to ring Swindon for my discharge paper, papers, the one doctor I spoke to, she said, "Oh, you're the lady that got affected by the vaccine, wasn't you? Seriously ill." I thought oh, well, you've God. all been talking about me then, and you've all attributed it to the, the vaccine.
0: Because I think what what seems to be happening in the smaller the smaller places. I don't know whether there's just because it's so few and far between. It's not. I I, I don't know because you'd, you'd expect the places that were busier and more forward think not forward thinking but more equipped and you know yeah. more trauma centers and everything else to be more kind of on it. But they seem to be denying uh, well, denying 100%. it even more. So
1: yeah, I mean, I when the hematologist in Birmingham came round, I I did say to him, did you did you get a copy? Because he kept talking about my platelets, and he said you've got no. know there's um we've got no history i said i can give you the history right now right the second i've got the bloods i can give you the history wasn't interested absolutely was not interested in hearing that the blood test i'd had before the vaccine i said my gp will send you everything swindon hospital will send you everything not interested
0: so i had a go on sorry
1: uh, and then you know it's the other things like um you're already always worried you're more prone to liver cancer once you've got Budd-Chiari. you know in my last um clinic appointment they found a lump on the liver luckily it's a, just a nodule so it's nothing but you know you go through that every six months if they find something slightly different that you then have to go for MRIs and you're waiting for test results to come back and you're sat there thinking, do I have cancer, don't I? You know, is there something else wrong? And and nobody also understands that, you know, what you go through sitting, thinking about stuff like that because you're trying to stay positive for everybody, yourself and everybody. Sometimes it's difficult.
0: But this is yeah. the whole kind of scenario that we're in at the minute. Everyone's very much like, "Well, I'm all right, Jack. I had my two, and I'm absolutely fine." And you're like, "Yeah, for yeah. now, yeah."
1: Um,
0: you know, I keep uh, saying that. You know, not that I want it to happen, but it, no. it, it doesn't seem to be. When I was doing, when I so I used to do home visits for for GPS in my in my local area beforehand, and I would see a surge in things about eight to twelve weeks, maybe sixteen weeks after a dose of the jab. Um. And the patients would never put the two together. You'd, you'd say to them, well, you we had the job recently. And they kind of look at you and say, why are you asking that? And, oh, yeah, it was about six weeks ago, but it, it's not that. And even the patients say oh, it was not that. Yeah. And you go, I'm oh, fine. You're dusting off your medical degree, are you? <laughs> you know, what, what investigation have you done? And I don't, I, I don't say that to them, but I, I, right. I often sit there and think, well, OK, so you definitely don't think it's that. OK, fine. So, so what is it then? Because obviously you're, you're 90. You've had these conditions forever and they've been well managed and relatively OK. Now, six to eight not weeks enough. after you've had this, everything's going crazy. So, I don't mean to sound bad, but generally, I, I accept people. There are different levels of intellect. I accept that, but it was the sheer not even wanting to kind of entertain yeah. the idea, and it was just. It's like God, I, I don't know how to make it any more obvious.
1: They've been brainwashed. You know, I was supposed to be going to Greece in in June this year. And I've pushed it to next year because having had COVID in April and still not feeling great and still being breathless and still being fatigued. I don't want to go on holiday like that. So it's affecting every part of my life of what's important to me. You're
0: not even guaranteed oh. to get there anyway at the minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I might pass out while flying. You know, what I mean, And this is the thing. I'm genuinely afraid to go on holiday. I really want to go on holiday. Yeah. But the, the, I've got friends who are pilots. And there's a lot of, inf- they're, they're, they're a similar sort of position as doctors. They don't want to speak out too much because they might lose their pilot's licence yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But there's loads of evidence out there suggesting that there's issues with that as well. So I don't want to be in a flight, 18-hour no. flight somewhere, and then he just decides to have a, an event in a yeah. I mean, I
1: mean, when it all was going on, I, uh, and I'll name some names, but it was like Dr. Hillary Jones. I mean, who made him an expert in vaccines?
0: Oh, he, He's been reported Honestly. to the GMC
1: everybody they were getting on the news you'd sit there and i think so they're a gp i mean i i have great service i'm really lucky with my gp surgery in especially since i've been diagnosed and i've been quite unwell they see me really quickly i only have to call and you know i am seen as a priority patient i couldn't ask for anything better from them guys But actually, they'll admit themselves when I rock up, they say, oh, uh, maybe we'll email Birmingham. You can see the fear in their face of, oh, no. You know, even to I don't suffer with hay fever yet this year, I've had hay fever Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't take antihistamines because of my liver. So they go off and they're, you can see them scratching their head to say, well, what are we going to give her? We don't know. What should we do? And they bring in the pharmacist then. And they're saying, well, you can give her this, this and this. But, you know, that's my life now. I go to the, the GP and I, I put the fear of God into them.
0: They're going to start to, like, <laughs> you're, you're going to see them t- turning the sign saying, back in 10 minutes and shutting the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone yeah. yet. She's gone yet. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but they'll, they'll email Birmingham and say she's come in. This is the situation. What would you like us to do?
0: But that's annoying because clinicians in Birmingham, are a specialist centre, this they they're trying to just palm it back onto Birmingham. That's the thing, and it's like, no, no, you can't do that. You're a clinician. She, you know, you're you're there in front of them with with a thing that can be treated. You know, look I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not. But no. I've been I've been a paramedic for twelve years. I I've 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 done all right. I've worked with a lot of doctors. I went to uni to do a second degree so I could work in GP practices and see patients and everything else in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And doctors, and there might be some doctors that agree, they're not as smart as they think they are, Mm -hmm. right? They really ain't. Um, And there's some doctors I've asked about just basic things like vitamin K2 that you should take with vitamin D. Oh, I don't know. I've not looked into that. I'm sober. And then you find out that doctors don't actually get hardly any training on nutrition at all. And you think, hang on a minute, that should be a fundamental thing because if you can give good nutrition advice you can make your patients healthy yeah with what they eat and things so but that goes to show that the it's not a, it's about retaining information and knowing what medications to prescribe that's it yeah. it's not about teaching people how to live longer how to be healthy you know and and and, and unfortunately people put doctors on too high a pedestal um because of, of their doctors and but they're really. a doctor. yeah but a lot of and them I-
1: Yeah, you get lost in the system a little bit as well. So when I went, when I got took in in April, um, Swindon, I'd been having a couple of blood tests in Swindon. Um, They never said anything. I'd been up to Birmingham. They never said anything. I saw the bone specialist a couple of weeks ago and he said, my God, you were severely anemic. I'd had a, I had an iron transfusion when I was in Swindon, when I had COVID. But nobody sort of put it two and two together and thought, oh, actually, you know, some of the symptoms that she might be having is anemia. Let's get that sorted. No, just nobody did.
0: Um, so I, I don't you know do get a
1: little course. bit lost as well.
0: You do, but you know, you talked about your brain fog. Right. Yeah. All the clinicians that are seeing you have had at least two jabs. Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of leave that there because, yeah. you know, what I mean, if you're getting brain fog, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, we can we talk about that? You know, is that, is that no. going to you know, and, and would these people even admit it? Because consultants are massive douchebags, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, anyway. And, and yeah. I know lots of people that work with them very closely. And, you know, the, a, a consultant is only as good as his under team. If you know what I mean, yeah. the team underneath him that he's supposed to be managing and looking after. Um, but I, I, I can't believe what, what I've noticed and I can't defend it really is is the the, the change in the NHS. I don't know what's happened. Everybody's just, it's, they're, 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 there are those that still try and do what they, they can. But there seems to be this massive dissidence about what's happened over the last two years.
1: Yeah.
0: They're still trying to bring in masks in certain settings now because cases are rising. And you think to yourself, look, we're never going to get rid of COVID like we never get rid of flu, right? But we don't yeah. make everybody wear masks and take jabs and flu jabs and everything else. So can we just stop, please?
1: Just get on with it now. Yeah. I, I don't think we've got any choice. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the doctors often say to me, you do wear a mask when you go shopping. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't wear a mask. I ever wear a mask. You know, I'm living my life. What At the end of the day, I could walk out and get run over by a bus. Um You know, I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in pain.
0: Mm. And
1: I don't want to live not being able to do the things that I always used to do. Uh, But I certainly don't want to live in fear. Uh, And like I said, you know, when you've got experts that are coming on, I mean, they, they seem to have stopped the experts coming on now. But all through COVID, when those experts on COVID, but we've never seen COVID before, um were coming on the TV and, and brainwashing 90% of the British population. Um, the likes of Dr. Hilary Jones that for me um, needs to be put in prison. He does, he was so vocal and knew nothing about anything. Um, you know, people trusted him, people listened to him. And actually, they were never, ever giving both sides of that story, ever.
0: No, in it all so.
1: one-sided.
0: Yeah, and that's not informed consent. No, it's not. No, and, and, no. That, and that is that is the thing that I, I had... Um, I spoke to Dr. Kat uh, uh, Lindy um, yesterday, I think it was. I'm going to be sending that out in a few weeks, but she was saying that... Um, that that's a big issue that that's you know everyone's going on about this Nuremberg code uh, Nuremberg trials and she she you know she doesn't think it'd be as uh, like that but the basis for, for everything is is the lack of of informed consent which yeah. you can't you can't really get out of that no. you know if any if you're having any procedure done not just an injection and you speak to a clinician if they can't answer what you're saying or you're asking they need to or should go somewhere to get that information to give you the, the consent. Otherwise, you've not had yeah. informed consent. Uh, and people just sweep it aside, going, ah, that's all right, you know, I'm fine and everything else. And you're thinking, yeah, but there's people that are not. And if someone says to go and drive my car, it may or may not have brakes. You're gonna go, well, do you know, um, I rob- don't bother? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're that gonna not gonna
1: go Yeah. <laughs> if plow into
0: some people, it'll be a soft landing. So <laughs> But, but that's informed consent. You know that's that's yeah. giving you all the information, and and it's yeah. it as it is as crude and as as sort of you know bare bones as that. But people people don't get it. Um, no, and then
1: some, I asked that exact question <laughs> to a group of people. We were talking about um, you know would it have changed their mind if the government were giving out? You know they were really keen to give out. Or oh, we've done a, a million vaccinations this week. Um, these are the numbers for the people that got hospitalized you know I kept saying I want the number that says this many people have been impacted by the vaccine this many people have died because of the vaccine Um, and you know would it have made a difference And, and a lot of people say you know if actually they'd you know I've got friends and family that haven't had it because of what's happened to me because they're too scared now they're looking at themselves and they're looking at their children and going actually i don't want it it might happen it might not but actually i don't want to take that risk
0: well if someone said to you take this medication two thousand people have died from taking it but it's supposed to protect you from a from a virus that's got less than one percent fatality rate uh-huh. You know, most people are going to go, I got a minute. So I've got less than 1% chance of dying from taking uh, from the actual virus. But 2000 people have died from taking the vaccine that's supposed yeah. to prevent them from getting it. Yes. Yeah. Most people are going to go, ah, do you know what? I'll give it a miss. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but or they, at they, least they if they
1: it. don't, they've made that choice themselves. You know, they've had that information given to them up front, openly, and they make that choice you know, I, I wouldn't have to, I wish I could go back in hindsight. It's a great thing, isn't it? Um, it is what it is now, but they won't be putting a, another vaccine into my body ever in my lifetime.
0: Oh, there's good. They're oh. going to gonna pay for it. They will, but we yeah. just need to wait for, and, and this is, again, I've spoken to my wife and my friends about this. It was never about the anti-vaxxers that were the issue. Um, Those of us fighting for for it, it was about the choice, the freedom of choice. I couldn't care less if you have all the jabs or none of the jabs. I just want you to have the choice to say yes or no to it without being penalised. And, you know, that is law. You should be able to refuse a vaccine without no penalty and and everything else. But I just, you guys are going to be the ones that are going to get mad because we had those of us that have been reading into this and had suspicions at the beginning, we kind of knew where this may have been going, but we were a little bit like, well, we hope it doesn't you guys right that have been blatantly lied to and are now just finding out that you lied to i'd be really pissed yeah and there's yeah. millions of you guys absolutely millions so yeah. it's, it's never been us they need to be afraid of if it's you guys because you've given up everything out of the kindness of your heart to help everybody and now you're being told yeah so we lied
1: uh, yeah and um, you, don't that yeah. So no, you don't matter
0: yeah we, so so we just need to get you all in one place so you can be angry at the at the, I'm yeah, at the right people. Yeah, well, this is what we're trying to, this is, this is the whole point. It's what I'm trying to say to people. It's like, it's mass global non-compliance, but it's also focus rage, okay? So yeah. don't be focused in your rage at the anti-vaxxers because you're pissed off at them because they've taken no jabs and they're still in the same position as you are, no better yeah. or no worse. Be angry at the people that made you do it or, or lied to you and played on your emotions um, because no one in their right mind, if they've got someone that's weak or vulnerable in their family, We're going to not take it after the government. were like, well, you're just being selfish. You're just putting them at risk, you know. And you want to turn around and say, well, I put them at risk every day because they're ninety. I I have staff backs here on my hands when they come and you know I'm everywhere. But 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 they don't say that either. So no, they don't.
1: And And I mean, like you know, today I'm in. This is I've enjoyed this, and I'm in a good place. There's days that I'm not. There's days that you know there's. When I felt really rough and I've looked at things and it's stupid. And I said to my daughter and my partner, oh, just I'm off to Switzerland. I don't want to do this anymore. And it's not I'm not I'm not a depressive person. Um, I never have been. I'll always try and look on the brighter side of life and and look at the positives. But there are there has been times that I have sat here and thought this is just not worth it you know, the nausea, I used to be able to go out for dinner, I really enjoy a good piece of food, now it's a bit like I go, because I like the social element of it, I look at the food, I eat a quarter, and I'm still fat by the way, I, st- I only eat a quarter of it, and I'm still fat, Um you know, it's it took quite a bit of an enjoyment away of things that I used to do and I'm really angry about that
0: good I, I think we just need to kind of help people focus that rage and, I, yeah. and this is the whole point of having the podcast and uh and the NHS 100k lot and trying to get everyone together just so people know that you know they're not alone there are yeah. lots of people lots of people and it's not just about the ones that have um had the payouts um either um there's there's thousands and thousands of you guys, but it's just trying to they've done a very good job in segregating population anyway in our country. So now we need to just try and come together um and then figure out what we're gonna do. Um because we are the only ones who can change this and stop this from happening again.
1: No but I think um
0: well, listen, I wanna let you go, all right, because yep. you've got stuff to do, I've got stuff to do. I really thank you for your time. No, right, my I've pleasure. No, no, it's been nice. It's been nice chatting. It's been one of the more sprightlier ones, did you, given the topic, anyway. Because I've had a, Alex Mitchell on here before. I don't know if you know that gentleman. He unfortunately lost his that
1: one lost his leg.
0: Yeah, he lost his leg. Yeah, yeah. and and um, you know, he, he was a lovely gentleman. I still speak to him now. He's, he's a brilliant guy, but he's an angry Scotsman, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the government, I don't think, realise what they're what they're going to be doing. Um, but um, I'm
1: simmering. I'm angry. I I'm just not the type of person that it comes out like that because yeah. for me it's it's about i found in my 52 or or I'd say in the job that I've done you actually get more if you don't behave like that mm. um so if you come over angry and swearing and think nobody listens to you yeah. if, you know and because the british public is so Or, you know, the minute you start ranting, they're like, oh, she's a mental case. You know, we don't want to listen to her. Whereas if you can have a good debate, see the other side, but actually you are able to put your point across, they think about it a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I found that with my friends and relatives, that when I've talked about the way I feel about the vaccine, you know at the beginning where I was a lunatic. I have to be honest. When I came out of hospital last year, and I was so angry about everything, I realised that actually all they thought I did was wear a tin hat and I was a conspiracy theorist. Whereas now they're listening.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I like, would yeah,
1: go for it as well. You should you should go to that government website and put try and get mm. some money and try and do this and try and do that. So it's changing. Things are changing, just not quick enough. And I don't know if enough people. Will change with that
0: with the flow. I think it will over time. Now, now that, now that they've, like I said, now that they've they've acknowledged the first compensation scheme, um, potentially. But I think a lot. I think personally, I think a lot of people, like you say, are afraid because they don't want to know. Only they know if they're not right, and even if it's just a slight thing, um, like you know, night sweats, or yeah. you know, they're colder than normal, or one of their toes has gone blue, or. It might not be nothing too detrimental to them but only they will know if they're not the same yeah um and all this talk now of people like myself and you knocking on the window going hey you know that jab you thought you you know you were taking that you thought was making me safe wow wow Let me tell yeah, yeah. No. so you know they've created this bubble of safety from taking the jab and we're coming in trying to destroy it um, <laughs> i think we're done like, for yeah yeah exactly so yeah. We, we need to try and work on a dialogue between the two sides but the other side needs to be willing to engage in a dialogue. And that's the problem. They don't want to talk about it. They're just like, oh, you like you say, you're a tinfoil hat person. Like, no, 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 yeah. I just read data. I look at evidence and I look at people around me all sick all the time and dying, you know, but you yeah. know, that makes, apparently that makes me a tinfoil hat. But, you know, it's so much more obvious now um, than it was at the beginning when people were saying these things. And it's like, oh, it's in the trial stage, it's this, it's that. You know, and now it's like, oh, it's, it's absolutely fine. Ignore the deaths. We're going to give it to your six month old kid. All right, oh, and we're gonna, you oh, know, we're gonna put it on the uh, on the preschool immunization program and stuff as well because you know, loads of kids are dying from COVID, and you and you just, I, 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 I have to get off. I have to get off. You know, that's the, that's yeah. the thing because I I get angry, and those people that know me know I get angry. <laughs> it's 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 controlled focus rage. Um, yeah, yeah. Like angry. you say, otherwise, but but it's getting hard. I, I'm I'm like I, I want to give it to other people. Go use my rage. Yeah, and please get angry. And I'll be there to speak to you afterwards. No, you know, and
1: I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy to, to join this fight and be part of it. It's nice to find a group of people with, the, you know, like I said, I've got a few people, but nobody's sort of taking that stick and waving it Yeah, So it's nice to be part of this
0: for me. Yeah, we are the only ones who can save ourselves. And I yeah. know that there are some people just sitting there saying, oh, you know, we're waiting for this. No we know already our government potentially knew exactly what was going to happen, which means our government potentially knew that people were going to die. Yeah. Which means technically they were okay with it. Um. You know, and then the more you dig into it, the more sinister it sounds, which is why people have trouble speaking yeah. about it and looking into it. because yeah. it, It's horrible. It's horrible. And
1: lastly, I'll say this and then let you go, but oh, yeah. I, I'm not a politician. I don't normally bring politics up. But the fact that that the gentleman that will be leaving us as our prime minister has lied about just about everything possible in his term should tell the people something.
0: Yeah, you think he would, wouldn't you? Just as a mic drop, like you know, yeah. when he's like, "This is my last speech in the House of the Commons," um, and yeah. by the way. You know- Everybody knew what was going on, or I've lied about everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this <laughs> is the thing. But every 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 government's been the same, and and the world is on fire at the moment. Yeah. People probably don't know. There's there's protests in Amsterdam. There's protests in yeah. farmers. We're going to have food shortages soon. There's protests in Germany. Sri Lanka have just overthrown their government yeah. by uh, booting up. Prime they're Minister. not going to take it, are they? No, no, no. And this is it. But us British folk, it annoys me on how, you know how strange we are sometimes you know it's like we're yeah. all based on decorum it's like well let's have a tea cup of tea and maybe write a letter <laughs> first and engage in dialogue and you're just thinking come on no there comes a time where we have to get angry guys um yeah. and this ain't going to change unless we make it change yeah. and and you know we've already had two years of the government knowing how far they can push us before we say yes or no to stuff and pretty much we've done everything the majority have done everything the government have asked even stand yeah. on stupid signs Two meters apart from each other and everything. So they know that they can push us. Yeah. Um, but I tell everybody, I say, go and watch the Pixar movie Ants, right? I and love it, that. Film. It explains it all 100%. Yeah. I don't have a better way of explaining it. In a kid's movie, yeah. go watch it and it explain it all to you. But the moment enough of us wake up, that'll be that'll be the, the, the pinnacle. It'll all be the, on. But, when
1: things are decided.
0: Yeah. Well, but but, like
1: weird. you said, the world's what's going on in America and you know we're going backwards. Our yeah. freedoms are being taken away from us and everybody's sleeping through it.
0: Sleepwalking into communism, I like to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. I've got your Twi- uh, your Instagram details. Is there any other details you want to shout out to anybody where they can find you and things I like that? I am
1: on Twitter, actually, and I oh, am no. on Facebook. Um, I'll send you my Twitter Yep. Please. yep but my Facebook you know is just Stephanie Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T.
0: Okay. By the way, Facebook didn't come up with your name when I was searching for it. That's why I said to you, not. no. That, and it gave me a warning when I was trying to look for you on Instagram as well. That's why I was like, hey, eh? oh, so, check
1: my privacy as well to make sure. Privacy, it might just be just what you're your saying.
0: Because you, yes. TikTok keep removing my videos and I keep disputing them and then they go, yeah, sorry, yeah, we'll put it back up. So it's, it's just like, they're just there, aren't they? Annoying. Yeah. Oh, uh,
1: Facebook actually put a cover over one of my pictures because, um, what they call anti-vaxxers were using it as part of their campaign because i put a picture on mine they put warning contains graphic content I like, mean, really it's a picture of a sunflower
0: facebook in my opinion is is i'll post things on facebook to do with this sort of stuff and it gets no engagement no. i'll post a picture of my big toe and it gets <laughs> thousands of light you know what i mean so, you totally know that, that there's an algorithm there somewhere. Twitter, in, in my opinion, is, is probably one of the only places at the Yes, I know there's bots and this and the other, but there seems to be a lot more uh, discussion about Yeah, that
1: I'm place. on Telegraph as well. So, Telegraph, no, Telegram,
0: Telegram. there Telegraph. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Telegraph, Telegraph, Telegraph Yeah.
1: Yeah, Telegram. I don't use it very often. I don't know how no. to. So I'm learning how to use that, actually. And...
0: We have to, because when you realise there's lots of groups out there, tele- there's hundreds of groups on Telegram. I'll try and dig some out for you as well. Oh, so there, yeah. There's the NHS 100K group on Telegram and things as well. So there's always oh, information in there say. about campaigning and stuff. Um, there, are, There's lots of people out there. I've, I've noticed there's lots of people out there, but they do a very good job of keeping us all really quiet. I'm surprised oh. I've not had a strike on YouTube or anything at the moment, to be honest with you, because I've not really yeah. been careful about what we talk about um so but you know we, we've got to come together that's why they don't like things like telegram because we can talk to each other yeah. and you know you know yeah. organize and stuff but mm. well look, i'll let you go thank you so much for Pleasure. your time all right Pleasure. please come uh stay in touch let me know how things are going yeah right. if you want to come back Absolutely. on and discuss anything in the future let me know as well all right brilliant thanks matt you Strongly take care take, right. you take care darling. Yep. all right take care take care bye-bye bye-bye darling bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye.